Hey, this week's Cape Crisis is brought to you by Geek Fuel. Go to geekfuel.com slash laser time to get a special box of geeky goodies along with a free Star Wars item worth $20. What are you doing New Year's Eve while you're listening to Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcast Network? And this is our Christmas special hosted by me, Henry Gilbert, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter! God, is anyone even still listening? Please, yes. please tell me you're not listening to this on New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> well, this is the end Go of the comic. year. And this is when we're going to do a special episode to celebrate our favorite comic books of 2015. And like I said, that's me, Henry Gilbert, to talk about this on the Comic Book Podcast on Ladies Time Network. But I'm also here with... Captain Chris Antista. Yes, and... Dave Rodden. The Walking Dave. Yeah. Uh, I really need a comic name. I'll get a work on that. Uh, the Amazing Brett Elson. Yeah, Baron Brett Elson needs to be alliterative. <laughs> Baron, Baron Brett Elson. Yeah, I'm Baron on it. Brett Elston. Barrett, it's all done. Barrett Elston? Baron. Baron. Like Zemo. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> shit, what's her name from... Oh, goodness. This Raising is great Arizona. audio. Uh, what? Hell, uh, wait, high? Hunt. There's high and high then, and, high and then uh, oh, what's shit. his shit, I forgot her fucking I'm name. I'm barren. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, this whole episode's <laughs> about Raising Arizona, and we really... No, sillies. We we each came up with a list of our that three... That's the first time we've ever gone off topic. <laughs> <laughs> we each came up with a list of our three favorite comic books of this year. Now, we didn't read everything, and if you guys listen to the Cape Crisis regularly, mm-hmm. you'll know we didn't read a lot of uh, indie stuff. Like, Image is about as independent as we get. Yeah. So, it's... sorry if we don't have, you know, the autobiographical thing about... We really have no business it, hosting a but, comic but, podcast. Uh, I I apologize. I know. I'm very sorry. You make one. We really should have reviewed that zine that's only available in Portland. <laughs> exactly, man. That's what's really cool, <laughs> at zine. But... So uh, let, we're going to start from three on down from each of us and go in a row here. That's how I think be most uh, beneficial. I'll start. Uh, my third favorite comic of the year is the Archie reboot. Ah, that was uh, really fun. The Mark Wade's issues one through three of Archie mm-hmm. with Fiona Staples made the sh- series exciting again and relevant and mm. definitely for kids, but still told in a grown-up level and not cornball or goofy and and with kind of a more serially serialized dra- dramatic style plus fiona staples made everybody look hip and i i don't know she must have read a million fashion magazines <laughs> to get all the costumes correct I, I think we just grew up in an era where all reboots and relaunches are bad yeah. um but this was not mm-hmm. i can see how a kid would like it i well, thought it was perfect i thought it was fine i thought it was great and this was archie taking I don't know, taking themselves seriously again. Like, hey, we're Archie. We should spend a lot of money on something good. I'm trying to look look it up. I thought either on Comixology or maybe the Archie app, the first issue is free. Or was at some point in December. Well, the first three issues have been collected in a $10 thing called just Collector's Edition. And it's, it's a complete story, the first three issues. And Mark Wade also is a big Archie fan, if anybody can be one. And Mm. one of my favorite bits in it was each 22-page issue was accompanied by a classic Archie story that was cornball, but 
Mark Wade was like, these are still the truths about Archie, that he's a guy who's a klutz, mm-hmm. who, who, but is a likable, lovable, uh, all-American kid, mm-hmm. and that he has trouble balancing things between Betty and Veronica. It's all those things. And, yeah. and Fiona Staples is like, she draws the most popular comic, uh, like one of the most seriously well-respected, well-regarded, and best-selling comics around. Sega, Sa- right? Yeah, Sega. So they were able to get her away from Sega for three months to do the intro story. <laughs> it was it. great. And combined with that was the Jughead reboot at the same time mm-hmm. by one Chip Zdarsky. I would I would point Erica out Henderson. I've also I have liked after I liked Afterlife with Archie, mm-hmm. and I liked even more Archie versus Predator. Yeah, uh, but I think I was. How long can you make that character relevant purely by taking him out of his wheelhouse and just having him meet Shark? Yeah, and then or... having bad things happen to him and the, him and the gang. Yeah. Uh, but but versus Predator was ama- like amazing. If you if you miss the old art style, that's the best way to revisit it as they're being ripped apart by the Predator. Yeah, I I really loved it, and and same with I actually think I even loved Jughead more because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it combined basically the uh, not to spoil things, but the it combined the writer and artist of my co number ones mm-hmm. into one book about Jughead, mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters growing up as a kid. And so, is, does he appeal yeah. to you as someone who uh, likes hamburgers and doesn't care about women? Uh, yeah, you know, on both those levels, but also that he's kind of a, a, a snarky dude who likes to sleep and daydream, but always gets one over on old Mr. Weatherby. I, I mean, I always was getting one over on the Mr. Weatherby of my life, which, uh, no, I, I wasn't. No? No, I, I can't imagine. Trick. I was more like, I guess I was more moose in my time, or... <laughs> No, that's, Mitch. that's uh, I was Mitch. Yes, that's it. no. I wish I had a moose in my life. Man, let's move on. Chris, what's your number three? Uh, my number three. Um, I, I, this this was really. I have a very strong top two that I feel very strongly about, and this I, I deliberated over uh, for a bit. But the thing I I take I've been I think about uh, that I'm happy that I read was uh, the Endgame saga for Batman. Oh, Scott yeah, Snyder. That was, uh, that was an amazing book this year. It it really was, and I I, I don't I don't like. A lot happened to us this year. We did launch a Patreon, but it, it, in between there, it was like really hard to come up with DC Comics. People give me their free codes for Marvel, and like, mm. I, and thank you. Want to thank Landon for hooking me up with um, the first issue of Endgame, which got me like, yeah, I want to see this through to the end. the yeah. The idea of Joker being an immortal being, um, whether or not that panned out, the death, <laughs> the deaths of these characters, whether or not that panned out, it was still something. When I think about Batman in 2015. I don't think about Master Race. Er, der, 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 der. Uh, I think yeah. about a giant. I think about a giant parade the Joker is holding in the middle of the street, featuring everything from the Batcave. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that he's he is totally just like, yeah, you're Bruce Wayne. I know that. I'm gonna fuck with you. And also that he in the middle of couched in that is Batman fighting the entire Justice League. Like that yeah. happens in Endgame. Also, though, I was talking to these guys tonight. They didn't know that uh, there was a ty- a T Rex in the. In the back cave. Yeah, that's like that's one of the facts of the back. But it's not a real T Rex. Oh, it's... no, but it is a tyrannosaur. It is like a T Rex statue or whatever. It's mm-hmm. always been there. Yeah. Giant. Penny. But this one was moving, so that's what kind of mm-hmm. threw me off. Like, I hear it. Well, like a like a living T Rex. Ro- in... It can be roboticized. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Trachosaurus dog. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so that was your number five, three. Dave. Well, I just I, I want to read oh. more Batman. I haven't I haven't caught up to where the the saga is now. I know Bruce Wayne is jo- the stuff with Jim Gordon is pretty good. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm curious. Like, if I can find it on sale or maybe at a local comic shop in Florida over the holidays, I might pick it up. But like, mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to do Batman wrong, but it's it's probably just as hard to do it as well as I think Scott Snyder did. Is he still in the Gordon? Um, yeah, yeah, the he's Gordon Batman. Gonna, yeah. Uh, 
Batman 50 in next year, mm-hmm. they've already said, is going to be Bruce's return to it. Yeah. So, lasted about eight issues. So, the Bat Bunny Batman. suit's over? Seemingly so, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Dave, you're number, you're number three. Uh, so, hopefully this counts, because it's a tree that came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. And I worry that this might bump uh, against your number one, because you mentioned the someone who worked on Archie... Uh-huh. This is a Sex Criminals Volume Two. Oh, cool! I like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I really like the first volume. This wasn't quite as good, but I like how it kind of the first volume is the uh, the Sex Criminals getting together, yeah. and this is like you know kind I of a not... rough patch that like a lot of people have in the beginning of their relationship, where it's like okay, you know, sex kind of died down mm-hmm. and. It, it just so happens that these people, but have it makes to have financial to... sense. Yes, keep and... keep on fucking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was like kind of sweet how they're you know they kind of get back together at the end of it. I haven't been keeping up with the single issues, mm-hmm. and man, it seems like I think the next one's not probably coming out until like mid next year, which kind of. Yeah, because I feel like I read the first volume forever ago, and I just I keep forgetting to read volume two. Well, artist writer Chip Zdarsky is just a very busy boy. He's very busy boy, and writing things takes less time than drawing them, and Mm -hmm. so I can see why he's kind of he doesn't want it to suffer in art. Yeah, is that not a it's not a monthly comic? No comics a monthly comic (laughs) now, man. I mean, come on. That, that's crazy talk, Dave. Okay, Brett, you're number three. I somehow struggled more than anyone else this mm. year because, like, all, very few things grabbed me. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> even one of my, even one of the things I'll say didn't come out this year, mm. but I, I'm forced to use it. Uh, but number three, <laughs> like, just out of like, it's not a thing I remember, and the fact that I remember it in this day and age mm-hmm. this speaks pretty highly of it and i assume it came out this year was that andre the giant oh man that was good. Yeah. Uh, like retelling it of his life may have been yeah. last year but it I, might have been but, but we all discovered it this yeah. year yeah and i read that this year and i mean it's one of those things you sit down in one in one sitting you just mm-hmm. blow through yeah. this because a lot of it there's no words i thought it would but like retelling just what it like some of the hardships and it doesn't always even paint him in a perfectly great light because no. he's like yeah you're kind of a deadbeat in this regard and <laughs> said the n-word to this guy yeah, yeah. just like you're not and, and i don't know i just felt like he was like well this is what his life was like not a great father he, yeah. he yeah mm-hmm. he had a lot of like personal issues mm-hmm. but like what a what was, a what an interesting life yeah. it's a very realistic look at a pretty yeah I, really good art style i love yeah box brown i really love his art style i started following him on twitter and mm-hmm. he's just this indie comic dude who also loves pro wrestling. You have a shirt of his, right? uh, Yes. Actually, I own two t-shirts that he drew. I bought him this year. One was was an Andre the Giant, a classic Andre the Giant's like big poofy hair and holding out his hand to show how big it is. And the other is a Jim Ross t-shirt that is uh, styled after his WCW Mm -hmm. uh, cover, or his uh, trading card. Alright, so my number two, moving on, is you know what? I had it up in the air between a couple of indie books that mm-hmm. I love this year that like you know Southern Bastards kept being good mm-hmm. but uh, they only published about uh, like half of maybe six issues this year mm. uh, meanwhile same with Bitch Planet I really like <laughs> Bitch Planet and it's it you know some people loved it so much that they are lots of people are getting these NC tattoos which is non-compliant which is mm-hmm. what they tattoo on prisoner women when it turns out they're not compliant in the matriarchal society or sorry patriarchal society and get sent to the That's moon. the one. But anyway, 
No, mine is, even though it really started in 2013 and ended this year, was Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin. Is uh, that the one that's like freely available? It is the uh, Radiohead style. Mm. That makes me feel old even saying that. <laughs> like nobody, Everybody does this now. Radiohead just started it within Rainbows 10 years ago. Uh, whoa, oh, was it? Uh, it was it 10 rain, years ago. In Rainbows was a long time it ago. It was like right when I moved here. Yeah. yeah. I remember going like, well, I guess I won't get this Radiohead album on a CD. Uh, That'd be weird. I think you'll be surprised. Uh, but anywho, yeah, Panel Syndicate is was this thing started by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin to just see what would happen if they didn't take it to any publisher. Mm. And they're like, we will write these things to be viewed on a tablet, on a PDF, and you'll pay us what you feel like an issue is worth. Mm. And you could get the entire 10-issue run, which ended this year, for a penny. If you feel like, yeah, it should just be a penny. You're a real dick. Jesus, or a I penny? Think, I think may, actually, I think maybe 10 cents is the mm. lowest it can be. But mm. yeah, I, I finally read all of it. I guess I was kind of waiting for it to be completed. And so I read all of it. And it's uh, Marcos Martin is one of my favorite artists around right now. He's like a modern-day Steve Ditko. Mm-hmm. He draws such spindly characters and does actual so well he built such a great world and he has such creative page design like he was amazing on spider-man in the big time arc like he did the no one dies story it was amazing but this was even better Mm -hmm. because they make up this whole sci-fi world where uh twitter exploded social media exploded and everybody's everybody's personal information was everywhere so now this is a new future where everybody got rid of the internet like the internet died because it destroyed humanity in the great flood of information it's coming and so (laughs) it's this like atypical future detective story about a guy where no one can use the internet now but they have all this future tech except the internet and it's it's a really neat book and it also has stuff about identity politics and and uh and other like gender stuff it's it's a really it's all over the place but is that's why i like too that brian k vaughn is (laughs) great at building a world he builds like saga is all about that saga is him building his own star wars same deal in private eye it's neither here nor there my 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 old ass aunt uh somewhere in her 60s bought a new phone over thanksgiving it is i didn't want to pay too much for the eye that's how she talks and it's insane that she still has that accent she bought a phone a, a touchscreen phone that doesn't connect to the internet Wow. And it is a perfect square. I've never wow. heard of it, and like it barely works. And all it does is make calls. Wow! And like and so, I, th- when you th- say a world without the internet, mm-hmm. my aunt, uh, still lives she, in that. yeah, there's still yeah. there's still a world out there of people wow. who don't connect to the internet. To have a phone that's <laughs> yeah. only a phone, that's it's crazy. just a square though. It looks so weird. Wow! All right, so that's my second ranked one. Is it to me? Yes. Um, without a doubt, this year um, is Star Wars. Yes, Star Simply Wars. Star Wars, the Jason Aaron book. Yeah, the... I'll just say simply Star Wars because I've definitely I've so, read. I, I bet somebody else has Darth Vader on this list. Yeah, I, I, I just I've read every issue of that. I, I definitely kept up with that. Thank you so much to uh, like Tim and David for hooking me up with codes uh, for that, so I didn't have to pay four bucks an issue because that's pretty. It'd be pretty pricey. Uh, but twelve issues, the most recent annual in particular oh, like I read that one. it solidifies it's just a one shot story oh the one of the emperor in the yeah yes. I actually have the one yeah, the one great. of the emperor subverting like a very well laid plan mm-hmm. sorry if that's a bit of a spoiler but it's just it is such a good look at the behind the scenes action in that star wars universe while retaining all the continuity you're aware of it i guess i have to mention continuity because we're all kind of marvel dorks here but like this whole year has been really fucking weird like 
jumping from Spider-Verse and, and two Howard the Duck reboots and Secret Wars, which isn't done in the all-new different Marvel done Universe. done for all-new... Like, it's yeah. crazy, but it's it's crazy. And, and I, at like, the same time, DC also rebooted everything. This yeah, yeah. On, in a soft and, way. So when I think yeah. about like, I love reading these stories of characters I've loved for years. Star Wars was the only comic that offered like some kind of sanctity of like canon shit where you didn't have to like learn yeah. all about these new status quos. Yeah. It, it for some reason Star Wars remained remarkably stable. A, mm-hmm. a fantastic look at. Well, I think we discussed that the minutia in between uh, New Hope and Empire. But in, then lately it's gotten to territory like there's no way this wouldn't have been mentioned at, yeah. at some point in Empire. Uh, it uh, goes, they've met Vader so many times mm-hmm. now. There's just, But that also, it, it goes into Everyone used a lightsaber. I, at, the, at the point of this recording, we have not seen The Force Awakens yet. Yeah. But one thing I've been hearing from people, I was reading ahead of time, is that people were feeling like the prequels explained away everything mm-hmm. while the original trilogy each of them implied all these adventures that happened yeah. off screen that you had not like they just say one line like ah you remember that place and that's and then it gets that gives you stuff to work with in the comics and and I, I, I i like that they have something to explore in that on that level and i know i've said it before but like with all the goings on weird continuity high profile deaths and relaunches Star Wars has remained the most grounded, <laughs> the most <laughs> grounded story set in space, made of light swords and flying ships, and somehow is the most relatable and down to earth <laughs> comic. Uh, so yeah, that's with Jason Era, Aaron, Jason, and John, J- John, Cassidy John Cassidy, and also um, uh, Stuart Imanen. That's it's it's one of my favorite say. things of the year, and, and yeah, we, I and that single issue adventure of uh, Obi Wan, like mm-hmm. the story of Obi Wan, yeah. trying to basically be like this old cowboy that's hiding out and he's trying to do well, good while not being discovered. Yeah, that he's also somewhat disgraced and reluctant to be who he is and like mm-hmm. just I don't know, like nothing that messes with your love of the original trilogy but yeah. enhances it uh, and I think there's been years worth of Star Wars comics I don't think did that at all yeah. um, No, I was just rereading the uh, Dark Empire and it's it's really good. And, and it all does the, not hold up. And I'm just using Star Wars because I, I remain consistent with it. But I did. There was not. Um, there was not an issue that I disliked of anything else. Uh, Sharded Empire, mm-hmm. uh, Chewbacca, yeah. Princess Leia. I didn't read. Uh, what's it called? Canon. I did not read Canon, and I didn't keep up yeah, with Vader. But I really liked Vader too. Yeah. Well, all right, Dave. You're number two. Uh, my number two is a single issue. Uh, mm. It's Walking Dead issue 144. Mm. So this is uh, whenever the third compendium comes out, it's going to be the final issue of that. So they had they were building up to something big, uh, but it, this was kind of bigger and uh, crazier than I thought it would be. Mm. And because this was like the first major death that's happened in Walking Dead since I started reading it mm. on an issue by issue basis, I just. It was really interesting. Like the, you know, like the first two compendiums have their own big deaths. Yeah. Or no, no. Arcs the, or deaths. Yeah. And uh, this one, it's a lot of people. It's I think the most people who have ever died in a single issue, and it's done in such a different way. It's done differently than when Negan killed uh, whoever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anyone on the show, or uh, when Laurie was killed in the back in the first compendium. Like this happens kind of it happens off of. Uh, off screen, I guess, off panel, and it's just done in such a sadistic, different way. From mm. like even even like Negan's was pretty brutal, but this is just like it's brutal in a different way. And but after all this time of feeling like they were just marking time or rebuilding and rebuilding yeah. and rebuilding, shit finally happens. Yeah, like, shit hits the fan. And this is literally happening while like every like 
the whole community of I think it's Alexandria, I forget, but uh, they're, they're all having a fair, <laughs> and basically people, some people are pulled away from the fair and killed in this really brutal way. Oof. I really I, hope there's there used. I feel like there were sales on Walking Dead single issues. They like, did, well, I think after six months or uh, no, something, like or? Uh, on Comicsology, only mm-hmm. the like the most two recent issues yeah, are three dollars, yeah. and then everything else is at two dollars. So yeah, you already saved pretty quickly. I, I like, just you say one forty four, and I feel really behind. I, I, I'm been, yeah. I've been on board for like at least ten issues after the time jump. Yeah, uh, but nothing pivotal had really yeah, happened. This is kind of the biggest thing that's happened since the time jump. Kind mm-hmm. of been kind of slow since then. Uh, but yeah, like 144, and next uh, January is 150, so that'll probably be big. So I would think exciting. so. Right. Brett, your second most favorite book of the year. Uh, is from 2012. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but it's, again, the only... If you haven't read it, it's new to you. Yeah, one of the few things that stuck out with me, though, was uh, a few episodes ago uh, was suggested to read, because I was like, oh, I need a good Godzilla comic, and I read oh, Half, wow. Cent- Half Century War uh, by James Stokoe. Stokoe? Stokoe? Who could say? That E Stokoe. might... Sorry, I don't know that writer. The, e, the e might... Uh, I, uh, this year had a number of times where I was corrected on, you said that name wrong, you said, yeah, that, you said Charles Soule wrong, you said Jerry Duggan wrong, you uh, said Jerry Conway wrong, like, I'm saying them correctly now, I mm. think, I hope. Yeah. But it was just, I mean, I talked about it pretty recently, and this is also why I remember it, because it's not uh, more than a month ago that I read it. But, <laughs> like, again, like Chris mentioned, there's so many, like, status quo changes and mm-hmm. restarts, it's just like... All that stuff is never why I liked comic books. Mm-hmm. Like, because when we got into it, like in the mid late eighties, it was like everything's in issue three hundred. Yeah. Everything, yeah. Yeah. everything, yeah. and it didn't deter me one bit. And I didn't care. It was just I want to see Spider Man have an adventure. I don't yeah. give a shit what number it is. I, I think yeah. you're you're scared away by they become they become obsessed with this new number yeah. one, and it's not just a Marvel thing. Although it seems very mostly Marvel these days. Like DC yeah. reboots, you know, plenty, but like. Man, like every time I feel like something gets hot, like it just—it's not that the new number one is its own mental. It's—it's it's like a slight mental break, but it's uh-huh. also just like, why? Like I know yeah. number one sell, but like, do they re- Does it really matter that much? I like, think it—I think it brings a lot of old people back. But I'm totally getting I, getting it's, into comics. It's lost this old person. Get, like I stopped <laughs> a little like, bit. Yeah, but I like, think it's more. Of, I read Daredevil for ten years straight, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then it reset like so many times within three or four years. Did. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't care anymore. Even man. on Mark's Wade run, Mark yeah. Wade's run, He's, they reset it twice. They reset like, it, and yeah. I'm like, I don't. I, I'm, I'm well, not doing this. I'm so, not going to start over anyway. So the, the one plus I will say about one. Number ones is that I think they're just taking like a season arc thing. Like, sure, it's a new season, and we start over at episode one. Sure, and I could kind of get behind that if it didn't also like. And the new season also begins with we move cities, and this person's dead now, and yeah. this person is from space. And I mean, Madmen would do that; they would do crazy. But I know what you mean. They would just they wouldn't replace know. every person who worked on the show. Yeah, on the I don't show. know. It's just. Okay, but it's, it's mostly sorry. me, but whatever. Uh, but Half Century War. What uh, the hell is Half Century War? It's just a it's a Godzilla, it's a Godzilla comic that starts in uh, 1954. Godzilla mm-hmm. makes landfall. It's one soldier like, oh shit, what? And he's in Japan, and they're in tanks fighting it, and they're just like, what the fuck? Like it's a giant monster mm-hmm. destroying the city, and he, you know, the bullets bounce off, the tanks are ineffective, and they manage to just like they think they see Godzilla die, the water, the oxygen destroyer from the. 50s movie and they think they got him and they're like whoo mm-hmm. glad that's over and then it cuts ahead like a few years and they're like there's another Godzilla and they're like what, what another one and so it's just like this guy through 50 years of his life <laughs> not it's a great biography yeah it, but it's it's somewhat like in line with the movies so like mm-hmm. a, a, as someone who knows like well the first monster they find is Angiris so 
that should be the first monster. And they do. They're in Vietnam and they're chasing Godzilla through Vietnam and they're like, where's this asshole going? Like, why is he <laughs> Why is he cutting through all this land in this weird specific line and it leads him right to all these military things are set around and then the ground shakes and Ingiris, who's just like, you know, only like a foot under the ground who's just like sleeping, like raises up and they're like, there's two? <laughs> and then it jumps ahead again and they're like, okay, well we have to start making a response team and then they make like, you're the one who fights the flying monsters and you're the one who fights the water monsters and you're the one who has to fight the ones that show up in the Arctic and you're the ones who have to fight and it's just like and then it just shows like over 50 years like we are awful at this no weapon we have works nothing works they're just gonna destroy the whole planet and it's just this guy's life of like seeing what this is actually like trying to fight it gets kind of Pacific Rimmy in that like Pacific Rim definitely paints this picture of like yeah well, these fucking monsters are gonna destroy everything like mm-hmm. our best weapon is a, still a gamble like we don't yeah. know that it's actually gonna work it's still a drag out fight and it's like they finally build a mecha Godzilla and they're like yeah and then it gets blown up cause fuck you they, so it's like it's but just they have trying a, to yeah. stem the tide of bloodshed not, yeah. not save everything yeah and also like if and then it gets into like the idea of like if someone could find a way to attract these monsters that's a that's a huge like Mm. like terrorist weapon to like who wants to buy the thing that attracts Godzilla oh, because yeah, you drop just, like a giant oh, wow. giant bale of ca- Godzilla catnip in the yeah. middle of a populated square yeah and, I it's never just, thought of that. and so it gets into all these weird places and then it, the ending is like it escalates so gradually that mm-hmm. by the time the ending weapon happens and how they dispatch the monsters at the end of the book I'm like that's fine. It's just so outrageous that it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> and and it, it just works. So, I don't know. Reading that, it was it was such a fun experience to, like, one, finally read a Godzilla comic that I really liked. And if you don't know anything about Godzilla, I think it's a really good entry point because you get to see a lot of the monsters. And, and kind of get that still that sense of scale and that sense mm-hmm. of, like, Godzilla's not here to help you. It's the kind of thing you could only do in a comic yeah. that'd be impossible to pull off in a movie. Well, they've but. done, it, like, Destroy All Monsters or Final Wars do those things, mm-hmm. but it is still, like... Well, not for that personal angle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did always wonder, yeah. are there a lot of comics from Godzilla's perspective? Uh, I so must there's, save there's the humans. Godzilla Goes to Hell that came out also. I, I think that was this year. That was also pretty great, where wow. it, it makes no sense. He fights Space Godzilla in heaven, and then they both they both get sent to hell because they're mean. Right. And then they fight in hell, and then they, Godzilla beats Space Godzilla in hell, mm. and then the demons and angels who are there to fight them are like, okay, you can fight with us now, and Godzilla like scares them so bad that they're like, Godzilla's the new god, yay! And then that's just the end of the comic. Like, wow. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's Godzilla's not... the new Satan? No, he's everything. He's the new everything. And, and But the thing is, Godzilla doesn't care. Mm. He's just like, these buzzing things are in his face, and he's just yeah. like, roars, and... It, <laughs> And like scares them all. <laughs> wow. Uh, and they're, and then they're just like, "Yay, Godzilla!" And meanwhile, like at the back of the panel, he's already leaving. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> it's and they blow up the whole Earth, and that's how they end up in heaven. The ent- wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's really stupid. All right, but so much fun. So my number one, you know, it's very weird for me to not have a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. My number one, it was the, the Dan Slott's run on that has been great, and on Silver Surfer. This is just me sneaking in honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> my number one is. It's a tie of two Marvel books because they just feel like the other side of the coin of the other, and they're having a crossover next year. Both of these books had two number ones this year. Both had a ton of uh, online critical acclaim. They were both drawn by funny people who are who don't who never had a Marvel book before. Thunder Mountain Railroad, I know. <laughs> it is Howard the Duck and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Nah. Both of those books. I love so much. Howard the Duck by Chip Zdarsky and Joe 
Quinoa's uh, hmm. quinoa. It's yeah. such Joe Quinoa. It is, it is a hilarious book. Like I'm the just joking. One eight hundred duck dick to call up Howard the Duck. Like Howard the Ducks. Howard the Howard the Ducks' life as a private investigator is so humorously depressing mm-hmm. that he has like his his receptionist is a pile of garbage that he put a bucket <laughs> with a face on top of just answer the door mm-hmm. and his. His dealings with Spider-Man that caused like he oh, yeah. when he talks to Spider-Man he sends Spider-Man into a spiraling depression that he just starts he goes like oh, I failed Howard the Duck no <laughs> Uncle Ben no <laughs> and he just has this great crossover uh, moments yeah. with all these different characters it's so funny it, there's a storyline where he deals with Aunt May yep. and then in the reboot Aunt May's his receptionist along with a Along with a cat that is pretty much a cyborg Garfield. <laughs> wow. It's just amazing. It's really funny. and that He hates constant. Cyber Mondays. And, <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, Howard, it's, a, it's just such a goddamn funny book. But it is also tinged with, you know, depression. Like, Howard's just sad a lot. And Howard just kind of, the first... The first page of the first issue of the reboot of the second number one this year mm-hmm. was the camera just moving up from him staring up into space going like, I hate it here. Right? <laughs> I, I just want to go home. <laughs> and meanwhile, on the opposite end of that is Squirrel Girl, mm-hmm. who, uh, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, who also did Jughead with Zdarsky this year. The unbeatable Squirrel also had two number ones this year, and she has the boundless power of positivity and empathy. That's her main power. Like most of the comics, is her talking villains out of doing stuff. Like Craven is like, "I'm going to kill you. Let's have a fight," and she says, "No, why don't you just go hunt this guy? You're the greatest hunter ever. Go hunt this dude." Or she'll, you know, make friends with Loki, and and she'll talk all these people out of their problems and talk this like Rhino into joining a construction company instead of <laughs> instead of smashing buildings and steal from banks and she's just so much fun and hanging like her it's such a hilarious book the the exchanges she has with tippy toe and her terrible ability <laughs> to keep her secret identity like she doesn't wear a mask she just puts she puts squirrel earls squirrel ears on her head and then just runs around like, yep, I'm Squirrel Girl. And hides I'm not... her tail and makes her look like she has a huge ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Doreen. Yeah, and her huge butt. Like, the <laughs> huge butt in her secret identity, too. It's And and also the stuff with her in her computer science class and at Empire State University. Obviously, everybody knows that's the school that Spider-Man went to as well. It's just... it. It has a lot of Marvel stuff. Some people don't like how goofy it gets with Marvel continuity, but I had a lot of fun with it this year. I, In both cases, Howard and Squirrel Girl, I looked forward to every issue number one, or every issue that came out. It was my first thing I read each week. And yeah, those are both hilarious books. And because they rebooted after five or eight issues, they've all been collected already mm-hmm. of the first run pre-Secret Wars. And totally worth checking out. Yeah. Guys. And both of those were homework for me this year. And yeah. they were both easy to get into. To because mm-hmm. they they had a very you know defined starting point mm-hmm. yeah. and in the case of Howard the Duck an ending point because they had to <laughs> yes. do issue one again. But. Howard Duck yeah they, they called it volume zero and then Howard <laughs> the, and yeah the, the big kicker for Howard the Duck for me is that they had issue two of their reboot has no Howard in it and is actually just a a touching like tale of growing up as a clone raised by 
your cloner in outer space and time travel. It's complicated, but like it is a heartfelt story. It's so <laughs> you, you gotta. It, it stars Shocket Raccoon and um, <laughs> oh, Howard the Duck's female counterpart clone, which I can't remember her name. Gabby the Goose. They, she's a duck. She's also a duck. Definitely a duck. Anyway, that's my number one. Uh, my number one uh, came out really early in the year, but I've there. How many issues have you gone back to read a second time? Mm. Uh, I have with uh, Star Trek versus Planet of the Apes, Whoa. the Primate Directive. Wow, uh, the Primate Directive, and that primate is primate. by let me uh, David and Scott Tipton uh, with art by Rachel Slot, I believe. Mm. Um, like, admittedly, a crossover that is a couple of decades late, <laughs> and, and, and I understand that like. It's, it might be hard for younger people to care about these things because the, not, not that their franchises aren't relevant now because they are they have new movies but the characters are definitely the characters are the 60s characters I mean to see to see Charlton Heston punch William Shatner in the stomach <laughs> it's very specific yeah. uh, it's very specific to that but these are both like I don't I've seen a lot of old Star Trek episodes I've seen just about everything involving Planet of the Apes but obviously Star Trek is culturally we are all aware of what it is mm-hmm. and, and it's it, they both came out at, like within a couple of years of one another, I think people kind have, of forget that they, they both have very specific and different visions of the future. They, like if you remember, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek is a very optimistic "we can do this" version of the future, and Planet of the Apes is a very dire "like you are fucked." There is no way humanity won't fuck itself, and at the end of every like, how does every movie end? Like the destruction uh, of society, yeah. the destruction of the world, and then shooting a baby. Yep. <laughs> and then, yes. And after that, a really big battle in a city park I promise <laughs> uh, it had one school bus well, well the other version of God it, damn it, that it involves basically the destruction of white society by mm-hmm. apes yeah there's, there's yeah. not a pleasant end to the Planet <laughs> of the Apes franchise and the movies have, have strangely stuck to that a little mm-hmm. like it's just it's not always a happy ending and I've always I think I do think you can describe maybe 20 years ago you could have described your personality by being a Star Trek or Planet of the Apes guy I don't think there's camps anymore mm-hmm. at all uh, but it was just it was really great to see and I love that mentality of like the prime directive courtesy of Captain Kirk and like the he- like Heston's character in Planet of the Apes is so fascinating he, start- he-, he starts out as a character who hates the world and by the so much he leaves it. Yeah, by the end of the movie, he's like, "Yeah, man was better than you." Like he just like hates anybody who's not man. <laughs> and like the, the the second they meet the uh, crew of the Enterprise, like they're fighting. They're fighting. The story the story is about a Klingon like setting up an arms deal in an alternate future with the uh, guerrilla soldiers. Um, uh, but makes sense. It's fucking <laughs> awesome, and I I don't want to spoil the ending. Can I spoil the ending at all? Because like you've either read it or you haven't. Yeah. Cause it's just it's just fucking great because like we we watched Star Trek four somewhat recently, uh, and, three years ago. But. And well, just for you know, in terms of my old age, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just I, I I do love that movie and it's it's funny and like uh, Scotty does that thing where he bargains for technology, mm. uh, and the world is is essentially destroyed at the mm. end of the end of the end of the comic. But Scotty wow. did the exact same thing he did in four with uh, Zira and Cornelius. Who leave the planet Whoa. and end up like it's because of Scotty escape from the Planet of the Apes happens. Wow! It describes in continuity, so it's more important to Planet of the Apes, but it's still it is also multiple like different well, companies. Their surviving doesn't make much. It doesn't make sense. any sense at all. Like the yeah. world is destroyed at the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and they end up back in time in the seventies yeah. with uh, Taylor's ship. But they do the Star Trek for they 
sitting slingshot around. That's them. exactly what they huh. do. And like oh, at the end, amazing. it's revealed that like Scotty winked, gave him that detail to help huh. him out. And like because of Scotty, we have five more Planet of the Apes <laughs> movies. And that, that just awesome. that makes me very happy. Uh, James D- Doohan, everybody. James Doohan. Dave, uh, you're number one. Well, uh, speaking of apes, mm-hmm. my, my favorite trade slash series of this year is The Humans. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, Wow, that number one. Yeah, I mean, I'll put that up with, I think, uh, one of my my other favorite homework of the year was Miss Marvel, but I think that came out before this year. Yeah, it ended, or, well, like everything, it ended. Otherwise, I would have said Six-Gun Gorilla, because that was great, too. God, I love monkeys, man. I just, yeah, like, I I tend to not read a lot of superhero stuff unless Mm -hmm. it's homework, Mm -hmm. and this felt like, even with all that stuff I read, like, this felt like the most indie comic book that I've read it all year. Like, the kind of thing you would read, you would see, like, stapled together and put in the corner yeah. of, a, of a comic <laughs> book but it, store. But it was. It, it, like the, for, it was only one issue for a long time, and yeah. I think Image had to buy it after it already existed. Uh, or not buy it, but started distributing it afterwards. Make a deal with it yeah. after, yeah. yeah. But it's just, a, like, I really find... You know, 1970s motorcycle Bike American. Culture. Yeah, I just find that so fascinating, and yeah. that it, that's turned on its head with monkeys being all the bikers and humans being subservient to the bikers, and then <laughs> really good. And yeah, just uh, yeah, some of the, get, the most uh, violent artwork, vi- beautiful, yes. beautifully violent and explicit artwork uh, I've seen in comics. Yeah, uh, there is a monkey blowjob. There's a monkey blowjob. There's yeah. a lot of wieners in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of boobsicles too. And I'm like that is. I only count the wieners. Uh, like when I got that as my homework, I, I finished it in like one train ride. It was a long train ride, huh. and I immediately like was looking for new issues. I'm like, God damn it! There's only two. Yeah. Like there's only two more than what I just mm. read, and now like I'm desperately waiting for the next trade with it, which I think is early. I, next I year. wish I would remember the humans. I love that quite yeah. a bit. All right, and Brett, so, closing us out. Your number one book of the year. So you no, had no a duck and a squirrel. Yes, <laughs> apes, <Yeah>. monkeys. <laughs> uh, mine's Darth Vader. Whoa! Oh. Uh, which I mean, I, I've already. Yeah, Henry, where are you at? Where, I, I'm unplugged from the thing. Oh. I, just need it. <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I've mentioned it a lot on the show already, but like Chris mentioned, and I didn't realize this till you mentioned it. But yeah, this this stability that these comics have had, <laughs> it's, where I'm it's like, like a rock. It's like Star Wars. I know. What I'm getting, yeah, it is going to be. It didn't even premiere this year, did it? It's like uh, it, it did premiere it the first of the year, December of last year. But did it? Pretty. It's pretty much. I thought it was year. like January first. Well, no, it just hit twelve. It hit twelve last month. Remember? Mm, okay, so yeah. yeah, it's been a year, but but it's pretty much a 2015. Comic yeah, like I forget. Entirely. I forget the creative team. I can. Uh, uh, Kieran Gillen and yeah, Salvador, Salvador Larocca, yeah. La Rocha. and like the art has been great, and just. Like we've mentioned on the show, like, watching... I would never have thought... Like, I remember when issue number one came out and I tweeted, like, I just bought Darth Vader number one, and mm-hmm. that is the weirdest thing I've ever... Like, <laughs> like that is the most stereotypical nerd thing I could ever do. It's, like, the most mainstream sci-fi thing of all time, Star Wars, combined yeah. with a number one comic book is, like, how entry level can you get? <laughs> uh, but the fact that it was about Vader, it was just like, how are they going to do this forever? Because, like, Vader has so mm-hmm. little screen time, and then how do you keep showing him do stuff without continually taking away what makes him special like seeing Anakin in the prequels just removes the mystery completely and if I see him all in every panel you're demystifying Mm -hmm. Vader even more but instead, it's just like, no, actually, we finally get to see he loses none of his stoicism. Mm-hmm. He loses none of his, like, impact on the page. Mm-hmm. But it's watching or menace him. Or anything. Yeah, menace at all. And then even every time you think, like, oh, they're starting to, like, Skeletor him a little bit where he's becoming <laughs> the smash. He's becoming the villain that you like. <laughs> uh-huh. Then they do something like Vader Down where he is ruthlessly killing people in every page. 
and like just reminding like no I will kill everyone who gets in my way yeah. oh you're a rebel and we're in a war yeah <laughs> which you're kind of scared because like once he once Disney gets their claws in there you're like and I love Disney whatever but it's like you'll you're, you worry that they're just gonna like really well this was, yeah I think really it, cheap him out to be a nice guy and it's like no no no, yeah. no 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 I think of that with the it's kind of the maleficent thing of like yeah. they. You can't merchandise a Nazi or a mass murderer or yeah. a fascist, but, but so what you they, have to yeah. soften characters like Maleficent, yeah. who still have an edge and they're yeah. evil and well, dark. Well, I love the original but, yeah. Maleficent in the in the movie, which is just like you didn't you didn't invite me to your party. Fuck you, <laughs> a curse on your whole fit. Like that's basically anyway. Uh, but then, uh, but this, yeah, it's like. It's yeah. So instead of being a space Nazi, it's just like the Empire is the space Nazis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is just like I'm caught in this because I was lied to, and this is the process and of him slowly realizing like, wait a minute, yeah. like yeah. I yeah. have a son. This guy's an old piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and these goons with medals are telling me what to do. Like I, that's a really interesting. I always thing. said that it, I like the scenes where he's saddled by bureaucracy. Yeah, but it's also like when you see him in the movie, like you are an unconscionable dick. Yeah, but then when you see the comics, like well. Being Vader is a lot of work yeah. and kind of a pain in the ass. And uh-huh. I, you almost understand, like, yeah, I'd be no nonsense after an entire yeah. month of doing this shit, too. Yeah. Also, yeah, in, I love in the in the sixth issue, I'm not going to reveal too much, but he finds out a secret that the Empire, Emperor had kept from him, one of many. And he tells him, like, this is wrong. This is against the Force. And the Emperor's like, you're an abomination, too. Like, you'll exist because you're an abomination of the Force. Like, don't... He thought that he was like, well, you just see the force differently than me, don't you, Palpatine? And Palpatine's like, no, I'm a monster who will do anything to keep the power I want, and I don't give a shit about the force. Right. Like, that was great. Him, his new team of like the anti yeah. uh, Star Wars characters, like he teams up with a Han Solo type, who, well, actually, she's Indiana Jones in the future. Yeah. A 3PO who delights in torturing people. Yeah. And then an R2D2 BT who just like. It, it will just burn it just kills people whenever it meets yeah. them like yeah. it's such a fun they're a fun group like yeah. it's they're fun to follow along yeah. especially when you give them empire enemies to fight like yeah. he hates the fucking empire too and then the the annual just came out which mm-hmm. is like it, it's like like most annuals are it's a very self-contained story but it's a look at like Oh yeah, I guess there would be like there's there's countless planets in Star Wars, so there's mm-hmm. going to be, and we never see any of them in the movies, other than mm-hmm. like the same four we always mm-hmm. see. But it's like, oh yeah, here's some society where like they are able to mine this resource the Empire needs, but it's this very wealthy, well-to-do society. Mm-hmm. So it's like they kind of can't just run in with their guns and tell them like, hey, like they make a, an arrangement that's stressed, much like Cloud City, but it's still like. It's just a funny scene where, like, dancing and formality are, like, the most important thing in this culture of, like, if you arrive at the dance, you have to dance. That is part of the deal. And it, which is a very Star Trekky kind of, like, you come to the planet of dancing. Like, and, We're all gangsters here. Yeah. But then Vader shows up and he's just like, I'm not accustomed to all this dancing. And then someone walks up and is like, my wife requests your dancing. And he's like, uh, no. And they're like... You dare. <laughs> and just the idea of Va- Darth Vader is in this scene. It's just such a weird, yeah. fun moment. But or, then it also gets into like how Vader sets up these... How does the Empire get all its resources? Like, oh, this also explains maybe some of how they build the new Death Star. How they got all the shit to do it. And, yeah, it's a great book. I, mm-hmm. I loved it quite a bit, too. It's all right. On my right. catch-up list, yeah. Did you also, see Vader Down? Was it like Vader Down's still in the process. Okay. Going on. No. I would say as a as a... 
also ran maybe might be good is uh, what is it Web Warriors I mentioned very recently yeah, you enjoy I like the premise I think it's fun I'll see how it goes and the Lay and Chewbacca books yeah like Chris said those are great too and I Descender's great there's uh, uh, oh, there's too many good ones to talk about which is why I want to know what your three favorite were so that is this week's question of the week and we'll be reading the replies to this and also your most disappointing ones on the next episode so list your three favorite comics of the year it um, can, you can even sneak in some ones of like, well, I read it this year, but it didn't come out this year. But try to stick with, with comics that came out this yes, year. You can do so in the comments on lasertimepodcast.com. Or on the forums. Or on the forums. At lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. And the link to it will be on this week's episode page. All right. Uh, no time for plugs, I guess, really. But uh, have, have a good break or something. Yeah. Have a happy new year. That's yeah. a secular comment <laughs> I can give you guys. Have a happy new year. Thanks so much all year long for your listens and replies and engagement and Patreon and all those things. I will say on the topic just of uh, end of year things, uh, there is a VG Empire mm-hmm. about uh, the best of the year like we always do, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 2015 year in review. So look forward to that. It's usually music that came out this year. Mm-hmm. And then we also will have an album of the year award to go yeah. out. Last year was Tropical Freeze, but we will have a new one this year as well. And, uh, wrap up for all things wonderful on Laser Time as well. VG Apocalypse is celebrating its games of the year. Um, um, yeah, fun I think stuff. We're doing wrestling in the yeah, year. A couple right? wrap up articles for lasertimepodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, and Cheap Podcast will have a year in review episode as so well. So there's so many year in review things you can, you can listen to. You can <laughs> Ignore just your family with them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't want to hear your Forget, uncles talk yeah. about how Donald Trump's going to turn this country around. <laughs> Forget everything. It's weird because I'm the yeah. uncle in that situation. Forget um, everything you learned over the last 11 and a half months. We'll just tell you what. <laughs> yeah, you don't ever listen to any other podcast <laughs> but these all year long. Mm-hmm. All right. Happy, Happy New Year and Excelsior. Lord, I'd ask you just the same.